Uh, uh, all right, okay. I'll, I'll count us down. Uh, three, two, one. I gotta say, uh, it's a really, really good change of pace to be talking about something as generally bright and shiny as Arthur, like right after I've been watching Cheer on Netflix. That's, you wanna talk about maybe one of the most depressing and upsetting and saddening shows that I've ever watched in my entire life. Like anything in media, it's it's Cheer. Uh, Will, I, ha I mean, I hate to sound like a bad comedian, but uh, I'm currently watching a little show called CNN. And uh, very very similar <laughs> emotions are being uh, uh, brought out of me. I, th I think depressing uh, is the operable word here. It feels like we've been basket tossed up into the air and not having been caught for the fifth time. Exactly. That's that's what it, that's what it feels like. Not getting those Iowa caucus results oh for forty eight hours. Oh my god. Uh, I, I I think there's there's we've we've discovered this cheer. Uh, CNN crossover, um, two sides of the same coin. The C emotionally, the C stands for Cheer, Cheer News Network. <laughs> Welcome everybody. This is Elwood City Limits. We're going to try our best, despite the circumstances around us, to be nice and bright and sunny. Because of course we are talking about uh, Arthur, being the episodic Arthur podcast. This is Will Young, and with me as always, Luke, or as most times, Lucas Mancini. <laughs> That's I'm always with you in your heart, in, you know. In, that's 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 why you said that. <laughs> in spirit, uh, yeah. And it's been uh, it's you know we're in the blahs of January right now. No, we're not. We're it's in February. Yeah, we're we're, we're past it's it. over. Listen, listen, listen. I know January was uniquely long. I feel like a year's worth of stuff happened in January, but we're we're. We're in the throngs of Aquarius season, baby. It's February, more like funuary. Uh, things are looking up, Will. That's right. You're at your most powerful right before uh, Lucas Mancini right. Day. I'm charging up. <laughs> uh, and I also do have a bit of good news to share in terms of Arthur itself. Uh, might as well start off with this one. Um, they came out on their Twitter last. They announced on their Twitter last week. Arthur, the TV series, won a Parents' Choice Gold Award. Um, Mainly for the show, for how it kind of promotes promotes itself and the, you know, the way it tackles issues, but also a special mention to Mr. Rapper and the special someone. So, uh, despite the kind of controversy that happened when that first came out, it's getting a lot of recognition for the uh, for the steps that it took the show. Yeah, it feels like we're finally kind of you know that's that's kind of bookending the saga of Mr. Rapper and the special someone. Sort of the 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 journey we've been on with that episode in terms of it being banned and then that sort of thing. This is a good period in that chapter. Yes, and uh, it's a really great way to be able to say that they did the right thing, and in the end, the right people kind of won. So are and continue to win because I don't know if the Glad Media Awards have come out yet, but that's a, that's another big one. Congratulations to Arthur, as always. Felt like we should mention that here. Um, and of course, before we begin talking about this episode in season nine, we're gonna head on over to the Elwood City Limits mailbag. Last week was an all mailbag show, and uh, this week. It's going to be not all mailbag, but we do have still a couple. See, you guys always like to give us a little something. I always like looking into a couple of new messages right after a brand new episode in the mailbag. So let's go over there, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Our first one comes in from KL, 
who says, it makes me really happy that you guys have taken such a liking to George because he's my favorite character. Unfortunately, I wouldn't say he becomes a true main character until around season 13. Not that you guys don't still have some great George episodes to look forward to in the meantime. An interesting little note. In your podcast covering the boy with his head in the clouds, you point out that George and Binky both wear orange button-down shirts. But in Desk Wars, they're also both wearing the exact same color shirt. I didn't notice while actually watching the episode, but when I saw a screen cap of them next to each other in the episode, I caught it. Not a super important detail, just a bit of trivia. Yeah, I'd say that uh, George has wormed his way into both of our hearts. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I've always, I've always kind of been a, even at at his most annoying, like at the peak of Wally George. Mm. I've always kind of been a George stan. He's a good kid, and uh, I and I appreciate. He also he also brings a list of like new topics you can talk about. It's just nice to kind of mix up the cast, and I think it's seems... yeah, yeah. He's he's very different than all the other kids, mm-hmm. and I think and I think that's something that they do eventually that they that they keep doing. And right now, George seems to be one of the kind of new faces uh, that they're pushing on the brand. Next up, this one is from Michelle, who says, Greetings from New Jersey. I discovered your podcast in July last year. I've been listening and catching up ever since. I wanted to let you guys know that during the summer, I had a job where I had to walk around all day and put flyers on cars. It might sound pretty dull, but your podcast made it anything but. Actually, that doesn't sound too bad. Like If you have a, if you have a good long podcast you're listening to and you got some good running shoes on, like you, and you got a long, long place to walk, that doesn't sound all that bad. Summertime in New Jersey. Yeah, I, mm. I could see that. I mean, easy for us to say from the comfort of our climate-controlled rooms. Yeah. But, um, when it's not so much climate-controlled as there is, like, duct tape on the window. That's that's the kind of climate control. <laughs> Canadian, Canadian climate control. <laughs> I'm sure people must have thought I looked silly laughing out loud to myself as I walked around with flyers. So thank you very much for making my work, sta- work days go by so fast. I know you covered this literally years ago now, but I had to let you know how hilarious I thought Lucas's impression of Barack Obama was when you covered <laughs> Arthur's sleepover. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I don't even. I didn't realize I did a Barack Obama in, the ep- in that episode. It's funny hearing about the impression, the jokes from like really far back. <laughs> uh, I had a, fro- a friend of the show, Justin. Uh, listens to the show at his job, and he was telling me that at some point we were, hey, this is going to come as a big surprise. Well, at some point we were doing Bane impressions. <laughs> uh, I know. It doesn't sound like me or you at all, uh, and that really tickled him. Um, I'll, I'll have to take a look, but listen back to that episode, um, Arthur's Sleepover. I also wanted to touch on the episode where Francine gets Nemo. Since you talk about the animal hierarchy so much, I was looking, I was so looking forward to you commenting on something that has bothered me ever since I was a child, but you seem to not notice it. When Arthur is talking to Buster and Brain about how he thinks all cats are stupid, I was shocked both as a child and an adult because Sue Ellen and Jenna are cats. What the heck, oh, Arthur and Rutgers? Oh, I miss I see, I forget that they're cats. Like, I, I don't know. There's some of these characters that I still look at and be like, yeah, that's just Sue Ellen. Like, I don't think yeah. about the fact that it's just like, oh, Arthur's an Aardvark, Brain's a bear, Buster's a bunny. Like, I and, may, and maybe that's because I never really thought about it, but it's just like, yeah, actually, Jenna and Sue Ellen are cats. <laughs> Oops. Especially the the pointy eared ones. It's like they could be a cat, they could be a fox. Didn't Buster said something recently about he hates an animal, right? And I think we pointed it out then that it's really odd. Oh, maybe. Uh, I don't remember. I I feel like we were. I feel like I feel like writing down the note is Buster racist recently because <laughs> he was talking about a specific animal he didn't like, and it was like, bro, that's some of your friends, dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> Another thing I want to mention is that I'm the same age as you, Will, and I definitely watched Teletubbies when it came out. I was super embarrassed at being way too old to watch it as well. But I think as an adult, I realize that it's because I love innocence and finds things like that charming. To this day, when I'm having bad anxiety, I definitely still put on My Neighbor Totoro as one of my other childhood faves. As well as one of my other childhood faves, Little Bear. Now, Little Bear is one I haven't watched in a in a long, long. I I actually really had a no no offense about this guy's taste. I mean, I love Totoro. That's what that's truly uh, one of my favorite movies ever. Period. I haven't seen uh, it. Little yet. Bear. Little Little Bear is I really disliked Little Bear even as a kid. I found him annoying. He's it's it's a very toothless little show. Like even for a children's show, he was always. A little too polite, a little too well spoken. Like, yeah, yeah. I always, I always dis- That's what I, kind of what I disliked about Franklin as well. I, 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 yeah. I, even as a kid, I had a distaste for. For some reason, it's weird to say that Arthur has like an edge to it, but I guess there's like. It, not Arthur himself, but there's characters in Arthur who are kind of rude. You know what I mean? There's there's a little bit a little bit more going on where yeah, I think toothless is the right the the, the kind of the right way to describe. Though I did like what was the guy with the scarf who would in the hot air balloon? I feel like that's kind of like the same tier as Little Bear, and I loved that show. Uh, gosh, what is that called? R- Rupert. Rupert. Yes, I liked Rupert. I I was uh, a huge fan of Rupert. Uh, shouts out to you know African King Babar. Yes. Oh, Babar's a homie. Uh, <laughs> Love uh, Babar. Shouts out to Babar. Oh yeah, Babar rules. But yeah, some little bear always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Hmm. Interesting. So a new thing that I've been doing, and um, I recently was speaking to friend of the show DJ Bob, and we were talking about how I was talking about. Um, the fact that we have the new Patreon show that will be coming out with its first episode very soon, the one we were talking about, PBS Kids Shows. And uh, I, I kind of got excited because I started thinking about all of the shows that aired on on PBS. And, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to talk about this one and this one. So you said, like, Little Bear and Franklin – and I was just, I'm really, I'm like, as we we're speaking, I'm just like, okay, Little Bear did not air on PBS, so we're not talking about that one. Uh, Franklin didn't air on PBS, which if you had asked me, I probably would have said yes. Um, and now I'm just checking to see if Babar was aired on PBS. No, uh, I feel like these are all, and this is not going to make any sense to the Americans out there listening, but these are all like Treehouse TV staples. Yeah. I feel like the reason I've seen these shows is because they were Treehouse shows, and my sister was more of a Treehouse kid where I had already graduated to, uh, I think I went directly from, I skipped Treehouse. I think kind of the, the hierarchy is that you you know you start with PBS, that's like when you're really, really young, yeah. and then when you're maybe like six, six to seven-ish, you're watching Treehouse, five, six, seven, watching Treehouse, and then... From eight on, once you discover YTV, there's no going back. Well, and I'm old enough to remember that when Treehouse TV first came on, and I was just a little bit too old for it, but I still watched it a little bit. And this is actually interesting, uh, the coverage of these three shows. So Little Bear was the Canadian error was Teletoon. Franklin was a Franklin was Treehouse TV, and uh, Babar was CBC. So, Whoa. so that's what we were CBA, that makes the, the broadcast of record. You know what I mean? The, yeah. The Canadian, Canadians recognize <laughs> the king that is, you know what? Will? Yes. Babar going on the list of kings. Oh, it's, all it's right. It's happening right now. Live on the show, we are adding Babar to the list of kings. Who 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 are some of the newer additions since we, since we first premiered this idea? The list of kings? I'm trying to remember... Yeah. 
um, who was on. I feel like we stopped at Binky Barnes last time. Yeah, so I, think, then, I think you freshly uh, added him. Uh, you know, fans of the show could go back and, and you, if you look on my Twitter, you can see the full list of kings. Um, so last time we checked in, it was Binky Barnes. Uh, we've since added quite a few. Uh, Jackie Chan, uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, Howard Ratner, the main character of Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luigi, maybe you've heard of him. He's one of the Mario brothers. <laughs> uh, Tanner Zipkin from the Cineplex Tanner pre-show. Tanner Z, yeah. Tanner Z, uh, rested power to my mans. <laughs> uh, he's not dead, but he was fired. Uh, uh, you know, I stand with Tanner. Um, oh, this is a controversial one. Austin Powers is on oh, the list of kings. Okay. Uh, actor Army Hammer. On the list okay. of kings. All right. I think it, I think it, it's because he tweeted some anti-war tweet that I thought was really really dope, and good so l- that's why he got good added. lad. Good lad. Uh, on the other side, there's uh, Vegeta. Oh yeah, that the makes list sense. Of kings. Yeah. Uh, the the Safety brothers, directors of Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. <laughs> Uh, uh, David Lynch, uh, yeah. another, we talk about him all the time. Classic. Another controversial one coming up. Sigmund Freud was added to the list of kings. <laughs> why? Uh, why was he added? I was having a conversation with someone. It's not going to do it. Arnold, Schwar- Arnold Schwarzenegger added to the list of kings specifically for that video where he talks about how much he likes smoking his stogies. Oh, uh, his, his, his stogies. Yes, he doesn't Nobody have to find a little Nobody can tell me that place. I can't smoke my stogies, you know, because <laughs> I'm yeah. a big man and I can do what I want. Yeah, you know, he doesn't have to find a hiding place like you. Like you. Uh, uh, director John Carpenter on the list of kings. Good lad. Uh, Captain Picard. <laughs> list of kings edition um this one i don't know the guy's name i just wrote down the author of the witcher because he did that awesome interview where he's like yeah i don't like working that much <laughs> <laughs> yes i know the one you're talking about yeah and now uh babar babar i feel like this is as much a representative of like your like your the inside of your mind your mind's lucas mancini it's just like <laughs> well pe- it's not it's not anybody else's hall of kings it's mine <laughs> that's true it's just a real unfiltered look at like the people that you respect and idolize uh so yeah there's your update on lucas's hall of kings uh let's finish off michelle's email here thank you very much if i can just say one more thing i super hope that you guys don't hate me for this but please take note that the word familiar is pronounced the way i just said familiar and not familiar from listening to the podcast a couple times a week for the past seven months i noticed that you guys say that a ton and it makes me cringe every time i love you guys so much and i love the podcast i'm just super big on correct grammar and punctuation okay so i this this i was not aware of that familiar, i just familiar. Oh, I, do, I do say familiar okay it, it, huh. it, it's just I, something that you get used to i suppose I believe that, um, I, you know, I could be wrong on this, and we both just happen to have bad grammar in this sense, but I think this might be a local colloquialism. I think this might be maybe uh, the our East Coast accents coming out. Yeah, it's definitely Familiar? not. Familiar? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just something that mm. I, I never even noticed, so I will try my best Jimmy uh, McDonald, buddy, he's freaking familiar, right? <laughs> I'm going down a colder than the causeway out there, right? But he's got two hooks. Okay, now it's starting to sound like the audiobook of the lighthouse or something. Oh yeah, buddy, you got my four by four from Timmy's. Don't talk to me till I got my four by four from Timmy's. You gotta be right familiar, right? I seen you. down. I seen you like my lobster. I know that you do. Where you two? I uh, you eat yet? No juice. You wanna? I feel, I, uh, I feel like this uh, is just every regional accent mixed up into one. 
I uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, oh yeah, Kenny's Pizza, bud. Kenny's Pizza, an Appley. No, I'm more of an Appley guy. All right, yeah, I could say all kinds of words wrong. <laughs> um, we got one more here from Jordy from Southern California. Uh, SCU. I found the Elwood City Limits podcast on the Arthur subreddit a few months ago, and I've been binging it in my commute to and from work. I'm very, very behind. Episode 37, 2017. Well, good luck to you. But I think I can catch up soon because I'm enjoying it so much. I have something to bring up. Maybe this will be brought up in later episodes, but episode 36, the Crazy Bus episode, played again DW. You speculated that Arthur's parents might be in their mid-40s, judging by the CD they are bringing to the party. Although it does look like it says 1970, it actually says 1978. If you look closely, the last digit is not a zero. It's in fact an eight because the disco ball underneath the top circle makes the eight shape. And they attached a screenshot. To further back my argument, disco didn't fully hit the mainstream until the mid to late 1970s. In other Arthur episodes, you also see pictures of Jane and David Reed in disco outfits as well. By doing the math, if Arthur's parents were 18 in 1978 and the episode aired in 1997, eh, sort of, this would make Arthur's parents around 37 years old so just in their late 30s i think it makes more sense since his parents don't look like they are in my in their 40s in the podcast episode will you were right they looked younger than 40 all right so a little bit of sleuthing from our uh, eagle-eyed listeners no i like that and you know what i think that all fits yeah i agree it's and i, I, I will say this though the hmm. way they animate the adults and arthur it's pretty hard to tell the difference between like a 35 year old and a 40 year old like oh, I, I suppose that like like what like for instance there's there's i feel like all the adults are just kind of adult and then they're elderly right like grandma thora <laughs> the tibbles uh um the grandma those are those are elderly people yes um and i guess i guess like mr haney is probably a is older than Dad Reed probably like Mr. Haney's probably in his late forties, early fifties possibly, mm-hmm. but that's just because he's just kind of like an unhealthy guy. Like how old is like Muffy's dad? But we see him be? exercising so much. Like all that's true. All of those, well, you're a lot right. Of those cut, a lot of those cutaways are him exercising, and hey, that has to do with the episode that we're talking about. That's right. And all right, we're gonna get into it in just a sec, but of course we can't do that without saying. Thank you to the people who keep us here. And uh, oh, okay, so this is what I was going to interrupt you about before. Yes, please do. Uh, how many Patreon subscribers are we currently at? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Okay, people. Uh, the Sonic Hedgehog movie is coming out pretty soon. Yeah. So not uh, not to interrupt your hard sell here, Lucas. I want you. I want you to hard sell, but like, clock's ticking here, and it's time. Like, there is never, there has literally never been a better time to subscribe to the Elwood City Limits Patreon. <laughs> Tell them why, Lucas. Well, it's because uh, right now it's February 5th. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie comes out uh, as soon as February 13th. Now, we don't have to go see it day one, so you have a little bit more time than that. But I believe, is it 45 is the threshold, Will? I think it's actually 40. It's 40? We are nine people away from you guys making Will go see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Now, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about me seeing it. I'm going to see it in theaters regardless. But uh, Will has gone on the record saying he will not step foot into a theater and pay Earth dollars for a ticket to the Sonic the Hedgehog film unless you make him by subscribing to the Patreon so we could get to our goal of 40 Patreon subscribers so we could release the Patreon-exclusive episode where we watch the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and review it. So if you want to see that happen, which I know you all do, 
and, and, and even if you don't want to see it, just know that I want to see it happen and do it for me. Okay, uh, so if you want to force Will against his will to against his will to see the Sonic the Hedgehog film, uh, the clock is ticking. We're we're you know we're we're nine days we're eight days away from this movie coming out, and sure it's going to be in theaters for a little bit, but all you got to do is tell nine friends to subscribe to the, the the Patreon. Hey, make a separate email address, pay for it yourself. I don't care as long as we get forty people. Poor Will is going to have to watch the Sonic movie. You're darn tootin', and I'm telling you this, it's not going to happen if you guys don't make it happen. So, like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, we're not, I'm not going to do this because... Yeah. I, the, I, you're like, going to hear like, my thoughts we, on the movie regardless. Okay. I'm going to be in there day one, but but yes, Will is not going to do it. No, I'm not. Like, you can't make me. Like, there are... Well, I'm gonna, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see Birds of Prey twice, and I'm not going to tell anybody about it oh, if we wow. don't hit 40. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but seriously, like... If we hit, if we don't have forty patrons by like I don't know I'm guessing Sonic's probably going to be in theaters for the rest of February but if we don't hit forty patrons then I'm not going to go see it and we're not going to talk about it in fact I'm going to just Lucas do not talk about what? Sonic the Hedgehog the movie no! on the podcast if we don't hit forty oh, patrons no! we you, you can, hear that people I'm I'm this is Will Will's the boss here I I I I would love to talk about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie on the podcast guys I would I, I've talked about it enough already I haven't even seen the darn thing If we are going to talk about it we're not going to talk about it on the show that's that's it like I'm, tell, I'm laying it down right now but the, but this is the thing and I know I already kind of did the hard sell for this last week if if you listen to that episode so I'll keep this really brief this there's never been a better time to be on the patreon because we are going to be coming out with our brand new show coming up next week and near the end of the show we'll talk a bit more about that. Uh, with Lucas here, but uh, there's going to be all kinds of new exclusive content, and if we do get to 40 patrons, absolutely, I'll go see a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. We'll do a separate patrons-only podcast about that. So, and, and again, if you've already subscribed to the Patreon, I believe you have access to our, our previous time we did this, which was the uh, Pokemon movie, the Detective Pikachu movie, and that was a lot of fun. That's right. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed... I actually ended up really liking detective pikachu so i'm glad that i went to see that who knows maybe i'd be glad to see sonic the hedgehog <laughs> but we won't know <laughs> unless you guys do something about that anyway <laughs> yeah i feel like we've been kind of we we set that goal a long time ago and i feel like we've been kind of re- remembering it here and there and now's the time this is the final this is the final call to action here of just like you want you want me to torture myself i'll do it <laughs> for money <laughs> anyway that's that's well, it well they, there's a baby sonic in the movie there's baby sonic oh, god please <laughs> uh, all right either way no matter what we have some wonderful patrons who have been here some of them since day one and others uh, a bit newer so let's say thank you to them that'd be aaron de and alex caitlin harrington chandler lefave boten christine wong sierra s dan mike dawson silva emily k froppy ian collis jake bailey joe sue john dulong and john griswold cat kaylin krogall kevin noon Kristen, leanne s Light Relentless, Macy Ball, Marlo Stanfield, Matt, who is our brand new Patreon, patron, jeez, this language, uh, welcome Matt and thank you, Michaela Gibson, Pretty Cool Stairs, Rachel Pearson, Riley Stevens, Shayna Bennett, Stella, Teresa, and William, thank you everybody. All right, I really am interested to get into this episode, so this is Arthur Ways In, and in case you were wondering, 
Yes, it does have to do with Arthur's weight. In fact, that's kind of where we start off. We start off at a uh, a carnival, a carnival sideshow. It's called Big Bob's Big Top, and he's uh, he's showing off some of his some of his wares. He's got. The... At first, I thought Big Bob was Cresblane. He does kind of have the same getup, doesn't he? Yeah, I, 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 at first, I, and also because there's some other, you know, some some characters from Arthur's past here. We have Pickles the Clown has been rehired at Big Bob's Big Top. Yeah, and Big Bob has got some sites like the Poughkeepsie, the Poughkeepsie Pumpkin, which is uh, heavier than what is it? I think he uses like like a car or something. To to. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a like a sh- like a shagged wagon, like a VW <laughs> b- van. Uh, he's got the Min- the Minowaski the Minowaski meteorite, which is this enormous meteorite that is also magnetic. And then finally, the leaden lump of Elwood City, which is this misshapen, strangely familiar blob of yellow, blue, and tan. And it starts to move, and he's just like, "Everybody, run!" And it turns out that it's actually. The first Arthur meme alert of this episode, one of many, uh, it's Fat Arthur, Arthur the Blob. We haven't had an Arthur meme alert. I feel like most of the Arthur meme alerts were front-loaded in, like, the first three seasons. It's been a while since we've had an Arthur meme alert, but I do remember seeing this visage of Arthur in this state, this this Clive Barkian uh, uh, horror that is the the leaden lump Arthur. Yeah, I have no Arthur, and I must scream over here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's he's he's just this kind of essentially this blob, and he's like, no, it's I'm like like it's just me, Arthur, everybody. But uh, yeah, that and that and that's the only introduction we get, so it's a little bit vague as to what we're going to be getting into. Um, so we start off. Arthur is is rehearsing for a play, and he's trying to he's trying to sound scared again. We've always talked about how difficult it must be for the voice actors on the show to sound like they're acting poorly. <laughs> and and there's some of that there's not only some of that in this the first episode, but there's also uh uh the next episode we're talking about lots of good voice actors pretending to be bad actors. Yeah. Um so Arthur's having a bit of trouble getting it down. Uh and DW uh, puts her two cents in. She's she's completely the other way. If Arthur is I don't want to say Keanu Reeves because I don't think he's a bad actor, but if like if Arthur's Hayden Christensen, then DW is Kenneth Branagh. She's completely <laughs> hamming it up, which I think is totally appropriate for her character. <laughs> um, but Arthur is also having trouble with the fact that he needs to wear a suit for the role that he's in, and none of his pant none of his like fancy pants are fitting him. He's trying to zip it up, and it's like, trust me. We're we're gonna get into it, but like I've been in this situation before, where it's like I can almost get the zipper up, but that button ain't going anywhere. So in fact, it almost takes DW out. So they have to go and buy new suit pants at the uh, at the mall, and they end up going to like a clothing section. Uh, Arthur, none of the pants fit him, so they actually have to go to the husky corner of the children's clothing store. So a couple of things about this. First of all, yeah. they they get the waist measuring tape out. What was the last time you saw that in a clothing store? Probably when I when I went to get a suit fitted for my wedding. Yeah, I guess it's different than it's dress pants. I was gonna say at, at first I was a little bit unclear of like what kind of pants these were. If these were just jeans, I'm like, homie, just go up a size. Yeah, really. Uh, but I suppose it's a little <laughs> bit it's a little bit different. Like when it when it's like formal formal wear. 
the sizes are different. And, you know, it's funny, you might not be expecting me to say this, but I've been body shamed shopping for suits as well. I remember oh. uh, I was in I was in a Moors in the mall trying to buy a suit for prom back in my high school days. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, was, I was there with my dad, and we, I was like... Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna need something like I I really like like a uh like a tight fitting suit like I don't like the baggy pants so I, I, we're gonna need something like really really small and the guy was like I'll say look at you like it was like uh, oh and, like uh, the other the other way like you're yeah, you're too exactly you're too small. Ex- exactly exactly and my dad's like we're going somewhere else <laughs> like we don't have to deal with this yeah really it's and and body shaming is kind of where we are at this point so like we go over to the Husky corner and Arthur has like basically nothing to choose from. He has to get this, this gaudy like car salesman outfit essentially. And you know, he, the, the, the guy helping them is just like, yeah, that's the only, the only thing we have in Husky sized. And Arthur's like Husky. And he imagines himself at the end of the play. And he's like comically fat. And he's like bumping into everybody with his gut and sending them flying. And like, we actually see the formation here of Arthur's like, bodily dysmorphia and trust me like this is this if there's been one thing constant throughout this whole podcast it's been like me will young it's like i i I relate to arthur so much and you want to talk about arthur having body dysmorphia yeah that's i i don't know if you 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 may not have seen like pictures of me i'm a i'm a big guy like i'm I don't want to get it all into it now, but like Arthur having body issues really speaks to me. <laughs> but it's interesting. The The problem they set up here is kind of like, it's it's kind of a weird storytelling device to kind of make Arthur have body dysmorphia, right? Because the only reason Arthur's anxious about fitting into this suit, I mean, he's anxious about being gener- bigger in general because people yeah. start calling him husky and pointing it out. But the only reason he started to notice it is because of this suit. And the only reason he doesn't want to try the big suit on isn't because it's a big suit. It's because they made it ugly. You yeah, understand it's, what it's, I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's tacky. So it's kind of a weird narrative device because, like, let's... If, if, I mean, it's a cartoon, and if they didn't have this problem, there wouldn't be an episode. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting if you think about, like, let's say this situation was real, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, like, Arthur couldn't fit into the pants he always fitted, so he has to get, like, a bigger suit. If it was just kind of a regular-looking suit, it wouldn't be that much of a problem. Like, yeah, sure, exactly. he's... All, all the same body dysmorphia stuff would stay. Like, oh, he's bummed out about having to go up a size. Like, that all holds true. But... Like he would, there wouldn't be this kind of like ticking clock element of like, oh, I, I, I don't want to, like. You just buy bigger clothes. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, it's, I do. It, it's, and and it, it makes. I feel like it kind of steals a little bit of the nuance from the story they're trying to tell. I think, especially with episodes, Arthur's so good at tackling so much more of these these kind of mature subjects for kids. But I feel like this situation's kind of so fantastical. It kind of robs a little bit of the realism from the the this thing that, like you said, you went through it, and a lot of kids, I'm sure, go through. Well, for sure. And we've talked. I feel like I've been the one to bring up before the fact that, like, Arthur's often portrayed as a kid who isn't inactive, but he like he has a big like sweet tooth. He like, you know, he eats cakes. He eats. Like he he just eat, he eats candy. Like he he does all that kind of stuff that is I would think fairly normal for a little kid. But also, and and you kind of notice I've I think we've brought up the fact before that the kids are not designed to be like, you know they always wear like the big bunchy sweaters. So they all kind of look like they have a little bit of baby fat on them. 
but but none of them have been made out to be like the fat kid. And this is the first, I feel maybe not the first, because I feel like maybe we've done that before with Binky, but this is the first time we're really digging into like, like, oh, Arthur is a little bigger than the other kids. In fact, in the next scene, like, we make it very obvious of just like Arthur is playing soccer with Buster and Brain as they're rehearsing their lines for the play, and like Arthur runs out of breath. And then later on the sidelines, Buster is like, Yeah, you've been looking. It's like, it's, it's not that you're husky, it's just as there's a lot more of you all of a sudden. And it's just yeah. like, oh, okay, so Arthur uh, uh, is... Arthur Arthur asks uh, Buster, he's like, uh, do you guys think I'm husky? And then we get this great delivery from Buster where he's like, husky? Husky? You husky? And then he, like, whispers to Brady, he's like, what's husky? What's husky mean? <laughs> uh, and, we, and it's interesting also, we never use the word fat in this episode. And uh, I th- well, not so much, like, did, I think did, Arthur did they, asks... Did they use fat? Yeah, Arthur asks... Uh, uh, that's actually some, some of the problems i have with this episode is it's kind of it's well we'll get into it when we get into it but i i think at some point uh arthur i think even in this conversation arthur asked buster he's like do you guys think i'm fat uh um, oh, okay and that really stuck I out to me and that. then eventually i think mr rapper describes himself as he used to be a fatty rat yeah God. um Okay, but anyway, we'll get we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of more just dealing with facts here. So you know, um, Arthur really wants to fit into his his suit pants so that he can wear the suit for the uh, for the play. So Buster and Brain try to help him. Uh, Buster's like, uh, "What you you might need to go on a diet. I'm an expert on diets. My mom's been on hundreds of them," <laughs> which was really funny again to me because. My mom was also is also the type of person. She is not fat by any any stretch of the imagination. Never has been, but she was on dozens of diets in the you know when I was a kid, and it especially with the way there used to be a lot of fad diets. And I know there still is. Yeah, it's just no, 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 but it, but it's very different. Like that's funny. Uh, I guess we'll talk about this now. So like especially in like early two thousands media, even kids media, the way dieting is portrayed is totally kind of different than it is now. Like now we have basically there's paleo people, uh, there's ketogenic people. There's there's flat uh, t- there's flat tummy tea. Well, that yeah, which is BS, by the way. Exactly. Fact, flat the flat tummy tea company is in Halifax. Really? I, uh, yeah, Whoa. absolutely. I don't want to name names, but I know people who used to work for that oh company. My God, uh, and they talk would to have that. to send email. Yeah, we'll talk about it off pod. But they had to like send emails to like Sasha Banks or like Courtney Kardashian or whatever to get these brand these these social media deals to promote flat tummy tea. That's uh, but that is a Halifax company, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, uh, which I think because of Instagram's new guidelines might not uh, might have some trouble uh, soon. But uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, my friends don't work for it anymore. Uh, but um, About diets. Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, but but there, I think dieting, the, like, even pop culture, the way we thought about dying used to be very, very different in the early 2000s. Oh, big like, time. There's, there's, a, there's this gag right here where Buster's kind of taking out all the stuff for all the different types of diets, and he's like, you can eat just nuts. It's like the Atkins diet, or, like, there used to be books yes. of all these different, like, and, and I think, like, with things like, like, for instance, uh, people who eat, try to eat, like, ketogenic is kind of the one that I think is, is the most, you know, it's not for health reasons unless you've been prescribed by a doctor to eat ketogenic. Like, people who eat, like, gluten-free or stuff like that, it's usually for health reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to. Um, ketogenic's, like, the big one where it's people are doing it because it's a diet, right? Yeah. Um, but people, it's that's not like a fad diet where you do it and then you stop, right? 
uh, that's like something that's a lifestyle choice. You always eat ketogenic. You always are in ketosis. Um, so that's kind of like what Buster talks about is is when he's talking about his mom would go on these diets and then she would immediately gain all the weight back. Uh, yeah, he, he specifically he, he specifically says it like Arthur's like, well, which one of them should I do? He's like, it doesn't matter. None of them work. It just kind of matter of factly <laughs> says that she always she always gets off them. And to the show's credit, um, I think this could have been way worse if they also didn't have brains say you should also never go on a diet if it's not specifically prescribed by your doctor. Right. That's actually a really great point. He specifically talks about how kids should never go on diets. Um, And this reminded me of, so my friends, uh, I have a friend who he, he loves Zoe 101. Um, and so he was doing a big, he was doing a big Zoe 101 rewatch recently. And I, I walked in one time to him and his girlfriend's place. They're watching Zoe 101. Um, and something that's really kind of like a fascinating sort of, um, artifact of that show it's like the way they talk about weight and girls' weights is it seems super not this time. Yeah. Uh, like everyone's always talking about going on diets. Everybody's always talking about like, oh, I look fat. Like I uh, like th- they're talking th- that shows attitude towards weight is really, really toxic and odd, Ugh. especially considering the audience. Um, and I think that's something that kind of permeated media a lot more in the early 2000s. Big time. Um, and I, I, I think it, this kind of shows like even throughout this Arthur episode, like you're right. It's good that they got brain to be like, ah, you should eat a variety of foods. But even this episode is kind of guilty of I, I think misses the mark or is is misses kind of the nuance that uh, we come to expect now in cur- in terms of discussions about weight in media. I agree. I, right? agree. I, I think it's not Arthur's fault. I think it's a product of its era. Like everything yes. was like this. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm saving my kind of longer form thoughts on the way they tackle this for the end of the episode. So that's that's we keep saying we're going to get to it. That's where I'm going to get to it because boy do I have thoughts about this anyway um, so we get into a bit of a montage here where DW is like I will help you you know not eat as many snack foods or whatever so there's like essentially DW's channeling her inner Jillian Michaels here she's like you know bug like taking Arthur's cookies from him she hides like uh, a, a radio when Arthur's going for the chips and like you, you know gets on the bullhorn to stop him from eating them it's it's pretty extreme <laughs> I, I really liked to hear arthur was like trying on his pants again it's just like i've tried all these things and nothing happened and brain's like well it's only been three hours you need to try it for like a couple of weeks so i <laughs> thought that was pretty funny um but uh arthur doesn't wear like a suit to dress rehearsal and he kind of talks ends up talking to mr ratburn about what he should do because he can't fit into the suit that he wants to wear. And Mr. Ratburn kind of brings up the exercise portion of things where it's like when we actually get a flashback here, when Mr. Ratburn was young, he didn't really like to exercise until he discovered ping pong. And this is where we get him. He, he says, I was, I was quite the fatty rat and not crazy about that. Didn't like that. But what I did like is chubby little Mr. Ratburn. He's so (laughs) adorable. Oh my God! This little flashback, and so we. This see- is this is a little bit of a retcon too, because we've seen Mr. Rapper at this age, mm-hmm. like in the the episodes about his sister and stuff, and he doesn't look like this. No, but it's he's. I think he still looks really cute. Uh, but yeah, he does discover ping pong as a kid, and over the years he gets so good at it, and that's how he kind of uh, stays in shape. That's his main way to do it. So he found a an exercise that worked for him. This eventually leads to them to Mr. Rapper's class being given pedometers, which. I don't know where we got the money for like 
20 over 20 pedometers for the class but you know whatever um let's 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 hope that our schools get that much money in the future um so everybody takes their own essentially a pedometer counts the steps that you take and arthur's very happy the next day because he took 800 steps to which dw says i don't think i've taken 800 steps in my entire life so this moment is this whole like steps counting thing is the moment I actually I I had seen this episode before. Oh. Um and this is kind of the moment that stuck out in my head that I remembered from watching this episode as a child was the realization that 800 steps was not that many steps. <laughs> I mean, I also kind of got fooled. I was like 800 steps does sound like a lot. But then Arthur goes to all of his friends and they're like in the thousands or tens of thousands cuz like Muffy had dance class and Brain had soccer practice, which was kind of weird. I was like if Brain had soccer soccer practice didn't arthur also have soccer practice but Ooh, anyway and and buster's like yeah i didn't even do that much i just followed my mom around while she did errands and then we realized arthur was kind of kind of goofing off he was like you know he was playing fetch with pal like from the couch he uh did some leg exercises like on the floor like he he wasn't as active as he thought that he was so that's that's kind of a fun reveal uh and of course, and we do get, and we do get the thing here of just like Mr. Ratburn essentially talking to the audience of just like you should aim for ten thousand steps a day, but if you don't hit it, that's okay. Like just uh, try again the next day. So again, could be worse in terms of like the exercise portion of this. It's like, okay, that's a reasonable target to hit if you're if you're you know fairly active, and if you don't, that's okay. Like just keep trying, kind of thing. It's it's more of a suggestion than anything. It's like, I remember uh, I had <laughs> the best pedometer I ever had was the, uh, the peak was the uh, Pikachu, the Pika pet. Oh, hell yeah. You wore, you wore that, you wore it on your belt clip and it, uh, the more steps you took, the more happy Pikachu was. I remember dudes would just shake them. Yeah, totally. Cheat. Yeah, of course. They'd walk like, around shaking the Pika pet. Yeah. Why wouldn't you cheat? This is the era of, you know, surfing Cinnabar Island to get an unlimited rare candies. Why wouldn't you cheat? <laughs> totally. You know, Arthur's kind of frustrated that he didn't hit his goal here and he's watching Bionic Bunny with Buster and there's like uh a port like a portly um robber that's running away from Bionic Bunny and doesn't get away cuz he like runs out of breath and DW's like, "Hey, that's you." And Arthur's like, "All right, that's it." And we get another montage of Arthur uh, accepting healthier, healthier alternatives. Let's say to what he wants to get. Mm, so like, yeah, well, so this is health, this is healthier. Yeah, this is another product of the time, right? Like, yes. so th- he goes up to an ice cream place and then he he elects to get the frozen yogurt. <laughs> and I feel like that was an early two thousands thing where people are like, "Oh, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to have frozen, frozen yogurt, yogurt instead of ice cream." <laughs> uh, I think now in twenty twenty, we now know that the difference is probably negligible. It's margin, yeah, it's marginal. Uh, <laughs> that's, but yeah, that's a good shout. Do you remember the Seinfeld episode where like. Um, uh, uh, Newman's like, I can eat this stuff all day, and the best part is, I don't gain anyway. Like, there's like an episode about frozen yogurt, right? Where it's 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 tackling this exact uh kind of discrepancy. Uh, and instead of going to the sugar bowl to have like a soda or a milkshake or something, Buster gives him a bottle of water. Just kind of again healthier alternatives, which is not like it's it's not bad advice. And then Arthur also like turning the TV off to go like for a walker some such thing and then uh we f- get the final reveal of arthur trying to put on his suit pants and he finally fits into them which don't want to go into too much detail with this but this is also an arthur meme alert 
the shot of Arthur pulling up his pants or putting on his pants, oh, DW covering yeah. her eyes. It's been some of the more, let's say, risque Arthur memes. It's funny. The ones that I don't share this, on Instagram. It's funny because seeing this sequence in motion, it, you know, you don't even think about that. Uh, right. It's funny. Someone must have like. I, I always kind of wonder where those Arthur Screencap memes come from because you do find that where there, you know, when it rains, it pours. Like that episode where the 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 episode where the the picture of Mar- Arthur kind of like drowning in the money. There's like three different Arthur memes that are from that episode. So mm-hmm. I always assume that like someone watched one episode of Arthur and just tried to juice it for all the meme content they could. Yeah. Um and. Essentially, episode ends around here. We see Arthur in the school play. He does. He reads his line perfectly well, and takes a bow and feels good about himself. So, I wonder what this play is. It's kind of like a who done it, where there's like a ghost. Yeah, it seems like maybe an ori- a Ratburn original, perhaps. <laughs> maybe he's like trying to backdoor his script in. All right, so that's the end of that one. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. We're just gonna get into the second half of the episode right after this. Support for Elwood City Limits is really easy. First of all, you can visit us and follow us on social media. You can go to facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. On Twitter, you can follow us at ECL Podcast. We're also on Tumblr, elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com. You can also go to our Instagram, Elwood City Limits. Follow us over there, too. You can also contribute to us on a monthly basis over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. We have corresponding rewards for when we hit certain levels of patronage. So please, if you feel like you would like to donate financially to us, you're under no obligation to. But if you want to, patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Also, if you want to have a little bit of ECL on your person, go to teespring.com slash store slash Elwood hyphen city hyphen limits hyphen store. Make a little rhyme out of it. (laughs) You can go over there and get a t-shirt, a hoodie, or a tank top with the Elwood City Limits logo on it. And we've got even more designs coming in real soon. So make sure to check back there. Finally, share this podcast with a friend who likes animation, who likes Arthur, or who just likes having fun. Sharing us on social media, sharing us with people you know, and sending in your emails to elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. All are fantastic ways to support us, and we thank you very much very much now let's get back to the show and we're back for the law of the jungle gym this one i had no idea what to expect uh again never seen these before so much to my surprise lucas we made you made a lot of mentions of stuff that was the early 2000s all over how about digital cameras yeah digital cameras man i i i mean i think when we think about digital cameras me and you think about the exact same thing, which is people going to WWE events with digital cameras. Uh, you know, the Edge and Christian flash photography. Like, that's what I think of is like that type of person, like holding a digital camera. I haven't thought about a digital camera in a really long time. And I feel like we're getting even farther and farther from that. Like, the, the, the people don't even like want DSLRs anymore. They just want to have like old school film photography so they can scan the pictures and put those on Instagram. Right. And I mean, the funny you're speaking of cameras at wrestling shows. I just dug up the first photos that I ever took at a wrestling show with a disposable camera. Didn't even have a digital at the time. Do we need to explain what disposable cameras are to people? No, this is what I'm talking about. I bought a when my little sister got me a disposable camera for Christmas. They're coming back. It's oh. like a fun faux like retro thing. 
Okay, that's cool. I can actually get into that. But yeah, digital cameras, I remember I wanted one for so long. And it's funny, looking back, just how little I used it. I, Me personally, I'm not the greatest at like taking pictures. Like, I just don't have... I don't have the instinct, the camera instinct. But we see here, Muffy brings in her brand new digital camera, and she wants to take photos of of everything and everybody. So she was going to take a group picture of all of the normal Arthur cast, but she goes up a little too far on the jungle gym, and she runs into Molly and the tough customers. It's a tough customer episode, baby. Well, not only is it a tough customer episode, it's a, it's a Muffy episode, and already, you know... This was, again, to speak to wrestling, this is like watching two, you know, it's it's like seeing two characters you never expected to cross paths in the Royal Rumble. Daniel Bryan standing up to Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble or something. This was a, a kind of conflict that I never expected. No, and you know something? I actually, I liked it. Like we, that's I, kind of the. I, I marked out. I was when when so I let's get into it. So Buffy, uh, doesn't put up with the tough customers. Like no, she gets right to, up to them. They try to pull their their typical routine that they're gonna pound her. Uh, and Muffy is unfazed. To which the kids literally like again they mark out too. They start cheering yeah. and chanting Muffy. Um, it's, we get a little bit more wrestling. of. <laughs> I love uh, Binky's dynamic in this episode. So Binky is still doing this kind of two live shtick where he's good friends with the whole Arthur crew, but it seems like at recess he hangs out with the tough customers. Yeah. And he's still trying to not let on that he's good friends with the, the younger kids. So he's always like kind of making little asides to being like, Oh, uh, Muff, uh, 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 Molly, like just like I don't, Muffy didn't beat it. We got to leave her alone. Or like, Hey Muffy, you got to, don't say that like Molly's really serious like yeah um and so that is an incredible role for Binky but already it it was interesting to see um immediately like this is immediately apparent I don't want to get too far into like my feelings on the overall episode but it was immediately apparent like I think this is the most I've ever liked Buffy at any episode interesting Uh, because it's just cool like she's still being herself but it's one of those things where I never really thought about where it's like, yeah, Muffy, like, what does Muffy care if the tough customers are like, I'm going to beat you up? She's going to sue them. So it's not necessarily like nor, neither Muffy nor the tough customers are being reasonable or is kind of the hero in this story. It's just interesting to watch them interact and be like, it's the immovable force of the unstoppable object. Well, and you, when you put two heels in front of each other, it's like one of them eventually has to play, play the baby face. And it's like Muffy just for through sheer like – um, audacity of standing up to them is just like, oh, wow, this is like an, a dynamic, like you said, we've never seen before. So there is a real novelty to it. Um, this, uh, by the way, the jungle gym, the top of the jungle gym is called the Tower of Pain by the tough customers. It's apparently where they've always uh, kind of hung out. And we've seen that before. They've uh, kind of done that in the past. So they try to kind of intimidate her. Uh, they like you know, trip her and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 Binky, Molly, Rattles, and uh, Slink, who is in the episode where they wanted Arthur to eat the bug. Slink's kind of... R- R- Rattles and Slink playing a much smaller role in this episode than they've done in other Tough Customers episode. Like, Rattles and Slink are essentially, essentially the comic relief. 
Right, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're the um, they're the t- the token. Why, why did I think Toka and Razor? Like I didn't even say the Bebop and Rocksteady. That's who they that's who they are. The tough customers. We get it. We get like the start of a running joke here, where Molly will threaten uh, threaten something, and it'll all be drowned out except for the end. So by like a loud noise or something. So she's drowned out. The last words you hear are pretzel and a bungee cord. And that's kind of a running joke uh, throughout this episode is Buffy going on kind of a long uh, – no, sorry, Molly. I'm going to do that a lot this episode. Yeah, um, Molly no going on a, on a long tirade and then like being drowned out by something in the background. Uh, so the next day, like, M- Muffy stands firm. Like, she's going to use the jungle gym. In fact, uh, a lot of kids are using the jungle gym when they first come out, and uh, the tough customers have to scare them off. But Muffy isn't intimidated. Um so a couple a couple notes here. First of all, um, Rattles has a has a line reading here that is very New York. He's like, "Hey, there's that kid. What was taking the pictures?" <laughs> R- Rattles is such a joy in this episode. Yeah. Also, I have a fun fact. So he only gets about I'd say maybe three lines, but he, so Slink, voiced by the original voice of Arthur, Michael Yarmish. No, that's crazy. That I love that. You can actually kind of hear it, like it's it's like an older Arthur voice, essentially. But yeah, that's Michael Yarmish. That's that's where he kind of comes back into the show. So it's good to hear from him again. So they they kind of put they put her quote unquote in prison. Like Slink and Rattles put their arms together and go ka-ching, yeah, and I, like I, lock I, her I, up. Muffy really puts into stark contrast that like. It, it, we're so used to the tough customers being this intimidating presence. You know, they're wearing leather jackets and denim jackets, and they're like the skater kids. They're like the kids are rough around the edges. You're scared of on the playground. But once Buffy just says no to them, it really like takes the edge away. Like, like seeing Rattles and Slick go kachong and link their arms around Buffy to put her in this like fake prison is like it's totally hilarious and like completely harmless. Well, Binky is kind of the part the 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 most revealing part of the fact that the tough customers, by both by virtue of the show, but also in their characters as well, are are very much paper tigers of just as my friend likes to say, they're they're meant to look intimidating, but the more you kind of you know interact with them, the less intimidating and the more understandable they come across, and that kind of happens uh, with Molly throughout this episode, especially. So uh, her and Muffy are kind of at loggerheads. Muffy wants to use the. Uh, the top of the jungle gym and Molly is very insistent that it's their territory and will not will not budge on that neither of them will so Muffy even tries to you know she tries to be very Machiavellian she she attempts to pay for use of the jungle the jungle gym area uh uh, yeah yeah, five bucks yeah and this is when we realize that it might be something more than simply Molly trying to kind of keep hold of her territory or, or keep putting on airs to his pure tough or anything of the sort. This is where you're like, okay, maybe this spot, it, it means a little bit more to Molly because she's turning down the money and the rest of the tough customers are very eager to get their five bucks split amongst what? Four people. Yes. Um, so eventually Muffy seeks litigation and, uh, Oh, and, I and, loved this and, so much. And uh, and Mr. Haney in order to get the <laughs> jungle gym opened to everybody. Uh, it's also here that we uh, officially get Molly's last name, Molly MacDonald, not McDonald, which is a very regional uh, question that you have to ask sometimes. That's right. Is she MacDonald by or is she a McDonald by? 
So yeah, she literally right, she gets from it. Sydney from Glace Bay. Now I, but yeah, this this whole scene where sort of just to see how deflated the tough customers can be when you simply say no to them. So uh, these lawyers, like grown men lawyers, are serving papers to what is ostensibly is how old's Molly? Nine, probably. Let's like, like eight or eight or nine. Yeah. So giving or, or uh, yeah, let's say nine. Let's say nine. Yeah, because I think yeah, yeah. So giving serving papers to a to a nine year old, which is so excessive, <laughs> and then we get Mister Haiti and in, in his best like clueless kind of principle, like totally, he's been totally kind of uh, uh, oblivious to this dynamic of the tough customers ruling this jungle gym. The tough customers have probably not let anyone use this jungle gym for as long as they've been at this elementary school. So possibly like six years, right? This has been going on and probably no one has stood up to them until this point. And so, and of course, typical like school faculty, like Mr. Haiti has no idea this has been going on. He's like, why can't we all just use the jungle gym? Let's let's all try to have fun. (laughs) I I loved this scene so much. Uh, Muffy does get to use the jungle gym a bit more, but the tough customers try and essentially get her to leave. Muffy's like setting up a portrait studio like a modeling studio on the top of the jungle gym. So she's like trying out outfits on like Jenna and Buster. And the joke of course is that Muffy takes really terrible pictures. You know, they, they accidentally spray soda in Muffy's face or like they, they wreck up her. They accidentally interfere with her shoot. There's actually another Arthur meme alert here where during this montage, Buster is like modeling like a leather jacket, sunglasses and a scarf. And he does like a little strut and I've definitely seen that strut in GIF form. You could probably find that on on the like Twitter GIFs or something. Is this where they've uh, they're arguing over the music? Where uh, yes, Molly yeah. is all stoked because the new uh, Mukturat Mood Mudacrude Mudacrude um, sounds like something Alex Moore would listen to. Uh, the new Mudacrude <laughs> album comes out, um, but Muffy's kind of drowning it out with the disco she's playing for the runway shoot, and I. I forget who says it, if it's Rattles or Binky, but someone says, how come we never listen to disco? Binky says that, and it's (laughs) such a great question. I wrote that down, too. I loved it. They kind of cause havoc at the scene. Um, Molly's really bummed that Muffy's kind of taken over, and then the tough customers are hanging out outside the mall. And Binky's like, this is their new spot. Yeah, it's like, why don't we just hang out here instead? And (laughs) Slink has Rattles by the ankles, and and Rattles is trying to, like, dig for a quarter in a dumpster. And, but Molly is very against this. She's like, no, we've always had that place. And then Binky's like, let's all vote on it. And everybody but Molly votes to stay at the front of the mall. We get Um, some good comedy with with Rattles in the dumpster. Someone, uh, like, throws the wrong type of garbage in, and Rattles, like, yells from the dumpster. It's like, hey... That's plastic. Paper only. Can't you read? <laughs> uh, and we also and we see them basically doing their same tough customer stuff at the front of the, at the front of the mall. But just Molly's not into it. She's not having it. Um, we finally get a little bit of a moment here between Molly and Muffy as Muffy comes back onto the jungle gym, and Molly's just like, you know, we've been here. Uh, we've had this territory for as long as we've been here so nothing else nothing else feels the same so like tries to appeal to Muffy but Muffy is not not having it um eventually I think it comes to pass that like Muffy takes a look at her photos and realizes they aren't that good yeah and Molly also we Molly also pays a house call to Muffy and Muffy like hides under the table so as not to be seen 
Right. So, 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 uh, Muffy's talking to her dad and she's like, you know, have you ever thought you wanted something, but then once you got it, it wasn't quite what you wanted. Incredible line from Muffy's dad where he's like, oh, pumpkin, I know exactly what you mean here. Here's $20. Go back to whoever, wherever you got, whatever you wanted from and ask them for twice as much of whatever it was. (laughs) Uh, so completely misreading the situation. And then we get more comedy with Molly ringing the doorbell and uh, Muffy hiding under the table and telling her dad to tell her, tell her, make something up. Muffy's dad actually goes through with it. And he goes, she moved to Paris to study astronomy. Uh, <laughs> and then Molly sees through that and goes, could you just tell her when she's ready to talk to come out from under the table? Right. And that's kind of where Molly lays it out for her about. Uh, so Muffy, Muffy doesn't budge, but it, it, she initially doesn't budge. But then I think, you know, she they kind of come to an understanding of like, you know, my photos aren't turning out too terribly well. I don't really want it anymore. So how are we going to get this back to normal without either of us kind of losing face? Like without, you know, Muffy admitting defeat or like Molly admitting defeat or what have you. So they actually come up with this idea where um, they get in another, they get into like this kind of showy fight again, kind of like wrestling, where they get into this argument. And Binky is I lo- the part I loved about this is Binky is the guy who's like essentially setting up the scene. Like he calls everybody over, just like Molly and Muffy are in an argument. I think they're gonna fight. And as they're kind of having their uh, their disagreement, and Molly's and Muffy's eventually like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. And quote unquote stands up to Molly and Binky I, I love Binky's stage voice he's used this before when he's been like in school plays and stuff but he's just like wow Muffy that was very brave of you <laughs> and what's even great about that is like Francine is like having a conversation with this fr- fake Binky where Francine's acting completely like herself and she's like just kind of like confused she's like uh yeah okay uh huh and then Binky's like oh my gosh yeah, he's like really laying it on thick, but he's just not a good enough of an actor. Um, and then, yeah, that's how they restore the balance of the uh, of the jungle gym there. And the episode ends with like Molly, Molly just being happy that everything's back to normal. There was kind of like the motif of this cat that kind of hung around the tough customers. And you kind of see it in some scenes here and the cat kind of comes back and everything's back to normal, essentially. All right. So I want to do th- I want to do things a little just a tiny bit differently today. Lucas, do you mind if I talk about uh Arthur Ways in first? Of course. Okay. No, of course I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. So I don't think this is a bad episode. I think that it's in terms in terms of like a something a topic to speak on. This is something that I'm glad they at least tried to address. And I think that there's, like, there's funny parts to it. There's, like, interesting animation. I love the animation on, like, Arthur the Blob in the in the cold open. I think that that was really cool to look at. I also think that we spoke about the fact that this is very of its time. And so I'm really trying to keep it in that context of, like, in in... in you know, back during this time, we already Lucas already talked about it a lot, but like the diet culture and how it was like very, very prevalent of like being fat is bad. So, 
which which is why initially Lucas I'm glad you caught this of just like how they didn't use the word fat it, even if they used it I, like they didn't use it more than like once or maybe twice and that's they kind of got around it with like husky or there or there's more of you um and that's the part that I really didn't I really really didn't like and I think it's it kind of actually makes me feel better about the media that we have these days. And I'm speaking about media that's very body positive because what I was waiting for this whole episode, and we've already said this as well, I don't think that they said anything bad, but it's kind of what they didn't say that hung a bit heavier for me. So like eating, eating right, like having, you know, a lot of variety in your diet, eating fruits and vegetables and all that stuff and getting proper exercise Good. Very good. I'm all for that, and I think that's an important lesson to teach kids. But I also think that we're we're at a point now, and of course this episode's more than 15 years old. I don't this isn't something I begrudge them, but when you're not talking about how like, hey, it's okay to have a different body shape than other people. Like that's something that is still being fought for today yeah i I mean that's what i was talking about earlier mm -hmm. with with the with the different colored suit right like i feel like if this episode came out today he would buy the bigger suit and it wouldn't be crazy looking and they'd be like okay problem solved i went up in pants size well and we've also had like i'm thinking of characters like bobby hill from king of the hill who is like you know he's he's a he's a husky i think they even call him husky in the show but he's like he's a fat kid but they never he that he's rarely the butt of the joke for that like he owns who he is and i think that's a positive example so not that it wasn't being done at all at the time so it's a little disappointing that you know arthur's i use body i use body dysmorphia and i don't know if i should use that lightly so i'll just say his anxiety about his weight and his appearance is never really solved in a way that i think is meaningful it's you know, it's communicative like, oh, Arthur ate better and he exercised and so he wasn't fat anymore. And it's just like, but that's not real. Like, that's well, not and, and always the case. It's exemplified kind of like by how they don't draw Arthur differently. Um, no. This is kind of something we've talked about before. Even early, early episodes of Arthur, you know, you've talked before about how, um, and it's funny, this kind of speaks to our different perspectives of when we were watching it as kids, but you always talked about how you kind of related to that aspect of Arthur, that he was ostensibly in the show supposed to be kind of a bigger guy. They talk about how he eats all the time. That was kind yeah. of the only way they've referenced his weight before, but they never really drew him different than the other kids. Whereas right. it, it was kind of that kind of thing where you saw that in the show, but I didn't even realize that was a layer to Arthur's character until you kind of pointed out to me as an adult, right? I had not seen this... Well, I guess I had seen this episode before, but I I didn't remember it too well besides the steps part. Um, But it had never occurred to me that Arthur was supposed to be, like, any bigger than the other kids. And it might have been because I didn't really have the life experience to relate to that, right? So um, I I think in this case, and apologies for the pun, this is not intentional, but they're kind of trying to to have their cake and eat it too. In the sense that they're trying to do a lesson, but... You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Well, and, and you think about the fact that, like, we we have a character on the show who eats all the time. That's his character and always stays the same size except for, like, a joke here and there. And that's Buster. So they kind of – it doesn't oh, so much – The haters are – The anti-fat alarm. 
the anti yeah the, the fat phobia alarm is is a going off um is that just like a fire alarm yeah, it's a... yeah it's like a smoke alarm or something okay. I, we're good? I, think, I think we're okay <laughs> that's the first for the show i was like oh are we gonna have to wrap this one up i really wanted to talk about law of the jungle Jim. yeah for real um yeah so we're like and we also have a character on the show like it's not that we don't talk about different body or ha- represent different body types there's binky who i would say is also like likely an overweight kid but he's also just big he's big for his age and that's never really been an issue and now we have this thing where like arthur we have to kind of invent this thing for arthur where all of a sudden he's fat and he's aware of it and he wants to not be fat anymore and i like so I'm still dealing with this. Not this not this Arthur episode because I didn't see this when I was a kid. And I'm kind of glad I didn't. But I'm still dealing with the fact that like I grew up with my mother who was very into dieting and saw herself as fat even though she is not. And so that in a way, not not blaming her for this, but in a way that kind of passed down to me is that I do deal with body dysmorphia where I look at myself all the time and it's taken a long time and thankfully also a very understanding and loving partner who is also fat and accepts that part of herself and loves that part of herself. And I'm still on that journey of accepting who I am and loving who I am, even though my body doesn't maybe look the way that I want it to. And it's taken a lot of years to kind of deprogram the fact that like fat is not bad. We all have different body shapes. I might never have the amazing, you know, wrestler type body that I wish I had because that's just not who I am. And it's better instead of sorry about the smoke alarm, everybody. (laughs) It's better instead of trying to change that than to accept it. And I'm instead of trying to change my body, I'm trying to change my mind and I feel like it's disappointing when I have TV shows that are like, again, I think coming from a good place of like eat healthy and yeah. exercise. Eat and healthy and exercise is indeed is like it, to, to take this body conversation out of it, like uh, removed from that. Good mm-hmm. things for a kid's show to say is to yeah, eat and, healthy and exercise uh, apropos of nothing. Right. Like, well, and that, and, yeah, and it's, and that, and that's its own reward. Like no matter what size mm, you are, mm, it mm, feels absolutely. good to eat healthy and exercise. And even though it absolutely sucks to do that sometimes, it's true. Like, it, you do feel better after doing that. Um, but here it's like it was directly linked to the con- – to not the consequence, but, like, the advantage of if you do that, then you won't be fat. With the underlying message yeah. being because being fat is bad. In three weeks, too, right? Like, it goes down yeah. to pant size in three weeks of yeah. walking more. Uh, and so, eating, eating, walking more, and eating frozen yogurt, and he goes yeah. down to pant size. And and it would and it would be worse if they if they didn't say you know the line from Brain of like kids definitely shouldn't go on a diet if they aren't ordered to by their doctor. So I hope you understand where I'm coming from with that. And again, I'm not trying to hold this older cartoon to standards that we have now because mm-hmm. this is still we're still figuring this out. Yeah, I, I, but, but I, I mean, but I can't. Sorry, just I'm almost done. Yeah, uh, I can't lie that I was really disappointed with the underlying message at work here, and I'm glad that I'm at a place now where I can see it and I can be critical of it. So, episode wasn't bad. The underlying message was. I don't think it's their fault. I don't think it was their intention. It's just kind of the way things were, and that's disappointing. 
I mean, I, yeah, like we, I kind of talked through it with you kind of during this conversation, my feelings of the episode. I mean, just to close the book on it briefly, I, I just think that, um, uh, uh, there, some of the, it's just clunky. Like it's really kind of inelegant. I think the way they, they mm. kind of mm-hmm. tackle this subject. And that's what I think for me, what makes it disappointing is that usually I'm kind of surprised. Like think about old grandpa's farm and how complicated and nuanced and, and kind of adult the themes in that episode are and kind of how much they nail it. Um, and that episode's even older. And sure, it's kind of a different kind yeah. of... It's a very different subject matter. But I think that uh, it's interesting to see... I think we expect a lot of this show, even given its age, right? And so we're so used to it really nailing these things, uh, yeah. where other kids shows at the time uh, can't even do that. So I think that's why this episode really sticks out in that you do see its age, and you, and you kind of do see that it is a product of the era it was made, and that's kind of unusual for Arthur. Arthur, and so I think that's why it stands out as clunky. Yes, and I think and I think you described it very well. And I'm, it's a situation that's very it's very close to me, and I'm still kind of working out my feelings with it. And like I said, I'm glad that I kind of am able to have this opinion about it. So, and I'm glad that we were able to talk about it because I think that you made a lot of good points, Lucas. And I'm glad that you did. Um, so what did so what did you think of Law of the Jungle Gym? Law of the Jungle Gym might be my favorite Arthur episode we've seen in like three seasons. Wow. I I was over the moon with Law of the Jungle Gym. I was enjoying it like every second of it in a way I haven't enjoyed an Arthur episode since like the first four seasons. I I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I loved it for a bunch of different reasons. So I was so into kind of this I, I loved kind of seeing the the veneer of the tough customers get shattered uh, by Muffy of all people, and I loved seeing Muffy's character being used for something where you know instead of being insufferable, Muffy's still being Muffy. That's what's interesting about this is it's not like they changed who Muffy was, but they recontextualized Muffy to mm-hmm. be like, oh, what's it like when this person who doesn't take anything from anybody to the point where it's kind of annoying, interacts with these people who are ostensibly bullies. And I thought that was a really, really fascinating dynamic, and I think it's really funny. I think the way uh, a binky is used in this episode is is one of the kind of best uses of Binky. It's so funny to watch him kind of play both sides and keep his friendship with the kids, but also come off as tough. Um, Rattles is hilarious in this episode. There's so many funny lines in this episode, both from Buster and Rattles and what's the other guy's name again? Uh, Slink. Uh, Slink. Um, all the stuff with like the lawyers, all the stuff with Mr. Haney, even the sequence at the end. There's so many sequences in this episode, so many interactions, very wrestling-esque, that like really stick out in my mind. Like Muffy's first confrontation with Molly and kind of the kids cheering. Like they're so jubilant that someone's sticking up for the tough customers. The kind of montage of the tough customers hanging out at the mall. Uh, Muffy kind of approaching Mo- uh, Molly, kind of approaching Muffy at her house, and, and that whole interaction. Um, I, uh, I loved this episode. I, I really, really did. And I think it's an episode that I hadn't remembered that well. I had a vague memory of like seeing Muffy take pictures before, but this is really going to be a standout one for me, I think for a while now. Um, I'm glad that you liked it, that you loved it so much. And I also am glad that you brought up the whole wrestling thing because now I can't unsee it. it you, you, you really 
talked about this, but it's just like, yeah, you take someone who's essentially a heel, but you recontextualize them in a situation where that's what makes them bad is also what makes them good, and you don't portray the character that way. So it's really cool how they managed to do that. I like I liked it fine. I, I I'm definitely not as hot in it as you are, but I I liked it fine. Um, it was a really interesting kind of. Uh, wrinkle to the tough customer's character. I've really appreciated how, I mean, we really deepened the character of Binky almost very early on in the show. And now we're kind of spreading that around to some more of the tough customers, specifically Molly. And I think Molly has always been very visually interesting. And I really, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for her to be interesting as a character as a personality so this really helped to kind of push that forward and like you and like you said this is a great episode where we don't have to dislike Muffy in fact I really liked how her you know her biggest negative aspect became one of her biggest positive ones of just she doesn't take any crap from anybody and it's great um yeah, and just some of the some of the humor around that was really good. I wasn't as engaged with it all the way, but I appreciate what it was going for. So yeah, I I, I liked it fine. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm glad we were able to kind of have these these opinions about the show, and uh, and I'm glad that Arthur can still kind of evoke these kind of discussions in us so many years on. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're still doing this, right? You're darn tootin', and still doing it, we will be. So, Lucas, um, in case in case you or anybody else didn't know, uh, we're going to be starting up our new Patreon-exclusive show starting up next week. That's right. So if you want to see that or hear that, you got to subscribe to the Patreon. And it's kind of doing two things because not only do you get to hear – us talk about all sorts of PBS cartoons, not Arthur, not just Arthur with the new Patreon show. You are also helping towards the goal, of which I assume is every Patreon subscriber's goal, of making Will go see the Sonic movie. Not only that, but I'm going to be seeing it either way, but I'm not allowed to talk about it unless we get the 40 Patreon subscribers. So we're nine people away. You got about eight days before the movie's in theaters and a little bit longer while it's in theaters. Get on it. Uh, so yeah, next week it's going to be a Patreon only release. We're going to be talking about, I mean, how could we, it's, it's a Patreon show about PBS kids that also doesn't have a title yet. Lucas, I'm going to need your help thinking of a title for that show. Uh, You don't, yeah, you don't have to think of it right now, but if you have any ideas, let me know. So how could we not spend the first episode talking about the Arthur spinoff postcards from Buster? And, I, and I'll tell you, Lucas, and the entire world, the episode we're going to be talking about, how could we not talk about postcards from Buster? And if it's postcards from Buster, how could we not talk about, and this is from a suggestion from one of our patrons, the episode where they go to Roswell, New Mexico. Ooh, that's call up Joe Rogan. We're getting <laughs> into the aliens. Call up Tom DeLonge. And then in the next free ECL episode, we are going to be talking about Buster's Green Thumb and My Fair Tommy. So it looks like a Buster episode and a Tibbles episode. And gee, I wonder what the Tibbles episode is about. I actually might have seen that one before. 
Well, thanks everybody for joining us for this one. Uh, and uh, thank you very much to everybody who has subscribed to the Patreon and continues to support us. If you don't know why that is so important right now, check out last week's episode, the mailbag episode. I talk about it there. And uh, But we also just appreciate you no matter if you are a patron or if you listen for free every week. Thanks to everybody for the emails and the feedback. It's always very much appreciated. My name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini... Go ahead. I already downloaded everything. We'll see you next time.